February 2020, Thursday, 3.11pm. My name is James and this is Weird But Wonderful. Welcome to your weekly dose of weirdness and exploration into the minds of strange people doing strange things. On this show we cover everything from psychology journals and peer-reviewed studies to ridiculous news stories, all in the pursuit of trying to understand what makes people tick. Uh, and we have a special episode this week. I recently discovered something that has kind of fascinated the shit out of me and I couldn't not do an episode on it because I thought it was interesting and I think you might find it interesting too. So if I were to ask you if you're a better driver than most people, what do you think you would say? You'd probably say yes, that you are a better driver. What if I asked you to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10? You'd probably say a 7. You wouldn't be alone in thinking that. Because what if I told you the majority of people think the exact same thing about themselves? Now, while it's impossible for most people to be above the median for a specific quality, people like to think they're better than most people in many areas, from charitable behavior to work performance. The idea that most people rate themselves more positively than others is a cornerstone of psychology research known as the better than average effect. This sent me down a whole spiral into learning about, oh, what was the other thing? The, the superiority illusion. They're kind of related in a way. There's a lot of crossover, but I just want to keep it specifically to the better than average effect. Um, which is what this episode will be about. So why, why do people think that they are better than the average person when it comes to, you know, it, whatever it is, people think they're better drivers than, than the average person. People think they're, you know, more charitable than people. They think they're a better worker than people. They think they're smarter than the average person. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to dive into it. If this is, you know, something that sounds interesting to you, keep, keep listening because we're going on a journey. Since psychological studies first began, people have given themselves top marks for the most positive traits. While most people do well at assessing others, they are wildly positive about their own abilities. That's because we realize the external traits and circumstances that guide others' actions. But when it comes to us, we think it's all about our intention, our effort, our desire, our agency, in a way, we, we sort of think we, we float above all those kinds of restraints. In studies, most people overestimate their IQ. For instance, in a classic 1977 study, 94% of professors rated themselves above average relative to their peers. In another study, 32% of employees of a software company said they performed better than 19 out of 20 of their colleagues. Drivers consistently rate themselves better than average, even when a test of their hazard perception reveals them to be below par, said Mike Horswell, a psychologist at the University of Queensland in Australia. So even when, even when it's proven, it's proven to you, look, you suck. You suck at this thing. People are like, hmm, no, I still think I'm a 9 out of 10 at driving. Um, Mark, you crashed on the way here. And you're currently running people over as I'm asking you this question. Yes, yes, but still I'd say a nine. Hey, oh, of course you're going to hit me with the one time that I'm pulling a one out of ten. But 99% of the time, I'm a nine out of ten. Some 34 years ago, a study on university students by 
Alec, A-L-I-C-K-E, concluded that as traits increased in social desirability, students were more likely to make favorable social comparisons on those traits. So, in other words, participants claimed that descriptors like intelligent, friendly, and reliable were more characteristic of themselves than of the average college student. The same was true on the opposite end. Participants claimed to be less lazy, dishonest, and vain than average. So everyone in their own mind essentially just thinks that they're the, they're the fucking bee's knees. Everyone's walking around going, well, yes, I'm very intelligent, I'm friendly, I'm kind, charitable, great driver, great lover. And everyone else fucking sucks. Uh, data collected in conjunction with the 1976 college board exams provide one of the earliest, most striking, and most frequently cited demonstrations of the better-than-average effect. Of the approximately 1 million students who took the SAT that year, 70% placed themselves above the median in leadership ability, 60% above the median in athletic ability, and 85% rated themselves above the mean in their ability to get along with others. Hey, look, you know, I can't help it that I'm a natural born leader who's incredibly talented, charitable, intelligent, funny, great driver, very athletic. You know, I can't help that about myself. And obviously I can't help that everyone sucks, you know? Amazingly, 25% of students rated themselves in the first percentile on this latter characteristic, which was their ability to get along with other people. So people are out here thinking like, <laughs> I crush at friendship. I crush at the chat. I certainly don't place myself in that. I suck at interacting with people. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. Want some evidence? Come meet me. It'll, it'll be the worst interaction ever. And very awkward, you know? So that'll be fun. Cross distributed a questionnaire to instructors at three branches of the University of Nebraska. This questionnaire was concerned primarily with undergraduate teaching issues, but included a question that asked professors to rate their teaching abilities. Results showed that 94% of the faculty considered themselves above average in teaching ability, and 68% placed their teaching abilities in the top 25%. This data demonstrated at the outset that the better than average effect was not limited to college students. So it's everyone. I'm the best student in the world. Cut to his teacher. I'm the greatest teacher on the fucking planet. What did they rate themselves? 94% of the faculty considered themselves to be above average in teaching. That's not statistically possible, right? Like 94% of people can't be above average. Again, you know, I'm bad with numbers. This is why I'm endlessly fascinated by psychology, but, you know, didn't pursue it. Went the marketing route because um, while I did it okay <laughs> in, you know, it's all the statistics, okay? If, if I'm honest, the one thing that sort of pushed me away from pursuing psychology is all the GD statistics, okay? It's con it confuses my brain, okay? You got the population proportion, and then you've got it's all it's all very you know the 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 z scores and oh man, it's I'm not a numbers guy, you know. I'll I'll level with you. I'm not a numbers guy. 
love I love reading studies and getting the information from a study, but if I ever had to conduct a study, it'd be a shit show. <laughs> it'd be a shit show. Um, another frequently cited study by Svensson, this is in 1981, showed that 88% of American college students and 70%, sorry, and 77% of Swedish college students considered themselves to be above the 50th percentile on driving safety. So 88% of American college students and 77% of Swedish college students said, I'm way better than average when it comes to driving safety. That can't be mathematically possible right numbers people tweet me let me know (laughs) Svensson's research was motivated by an earlier study in which Preston and Harris in 1965 compared 50 drivers who had been hospitalized following car accidents 34 of whom had caused the accidents according to police records with 50 matched drivers without accident histories okay so we took 50 drivers uh, who had accidents, 50 who didn't, and of the 50 who had accidents, 34 of them caused it. Preston and Harris's results showed not only that both groups considered themselves to be above average in driving skills, but that the accident group's evaluation of their driving abilities did not differ from those who were uninvolved in accidents. So these mu- so of 50 people who had been in car accidents, 34 of them had caused the accident and those people were like hey i fucking crush at driving safety <laughs> I am, hey i may have caused a couple of accidents in my time but hey we don't i'm sick of how we don't talk about all the accidents i didn't cause jeez harp harping on harping on at me about all the bloody car accidents that i have done what about all the times that i drive where i don't make an accident happen we're not talking about that I crush at driving. Um, Brad, you don't, okay? You don't. And this, this study was actually, it's a fake out. We caught you. We caught you, you lying piece of shit. <laughs> the first experimental research on the better than average effect was conducted in France, where Codal in 1975 studied what he called the superior conformity of the self. His findings suggest, for example, that the better than average effect is larger when people compare themselves to others in general than to specific group members. Okay. So if I take a faceless group, I'm fucking way better than all of you. But if you take specific group members, you go, ah, you know, maybe Susan's better. Ah, maybe Brad's better than me. That kind of stuff. Good. (laughs) What a what a dumb way to explain that. And didn't need explaining. My apologies. Kadal also conjectured that the tendency to view oneself as superior to others represents a desire to self-enhance rather than to denigrate others. Okay, so the fact that I think I'm rad and I think that everyone else sucks isn't about you sucking and me thinking you suck. It's about me enhancing myself, trying to make myself better. In fact, I did read something, and it might be in my notes, but I read something about how um, this can be uh, positive because if you think of yourself as being, you know, faster than the average person, say in running or whatever, then that might push you to 
beat a personal best or to shave a couple more seconds off your time or whatever. So apparently not all bad from believing that you're better than the average. The superiority illusion or the uh, illusory superiority had to do with um, people being... um, it mainly focused on incompetent people being unable to see their incompetence and thinking that they were competent at something that they weren't competent in. So, um, man, that'd be fucking interesting too, where someone's like, Hey, I, but how, see it, it, it's, it's confusing for me where I, I feel like these kind of blend over a bit because if someone is incompetent and they don't, well, no, I guess that's how it's different. Because they are incompetent and they can't see their incompetence. Whereas this is just people saying like, um, oh, I'm, I'm smarter than the average person. Or like, I can read faster than the average person or something like that. Um, but yeah, the, the illusory superiority as well. Fascinating. I may do it. I don't know if it's too separate to this. Uh, or sorry, too close to this. Um, but if it's not, well, you know, I'll dive into it more. And if it's separate enough that I might do another episode on uh, illusory superiority. However, the most striking example of the better than average effect, oh, this is my, this is my fave. This is my favorite. The most striking example of the better than average effect in action is a 2013 study published in the British Journal of uh, Social Psychology. The study research is focused on people who are objectively below average on a wide variety of personal traits, um, which they deem as being convicted prisoners, or that convicted prisoners were the uh, people that they chose to conduct this study on. They found, when comparing themselves to other inmates, prisoners rated themselves as more moral, more trustworthy, more honest, dependable, compassionate, generous, law-abiding, self-controlled, and kinder. So each prisoner is like, hey, you know, I can't, you know, I fucked up and, you know, I did a bad thing and now I'm in jail, but I'm way better than these fucking trash. <laughs> like they, they, they think, I just found that so interesting that comparing themselves to other inmates sort of praised themselves or set themselves as so much greater than or, or, or above the people around them. Um, which they go on to say, maybe that's not surprising considering they're rating themselves against other inmates, but they also rated themselves as better than the average non-prisoner on all but one trait. And that trait was law-abidingness, which they rated themselves as equal to the average non-prisoner. So they said, hey, you know what? I'm more moral, trustworthy, honest, dependable, compassionate, generous, law-abiding, self-controlled, and kinder than the rest of these prisoners. I'm also all of those. I'm way, way kinder than than people who aren't in prison. I'm way more moral and trustworthy than people who aren't in prison. Maybe the people who aren't in prison are a little bit more law-abiding than me, but I'd say I'm average law-abiding level. I'd say if you're in prison, aren't you just off the bat below average on law abidingness because you're here you're in jail <laughs> like you you're in you're in prison because you've done the crime so that has to make you below average on law abidingness and all of them were like nah 
I'm just I'm bang on equal to the to the average non-prisoner. I uh, maybe you know what maybe I mean this just because you just because you're not in jail doesn't mean you're not committing crimes. You know what I mean? So there are definitely people out there who are like. I'm more law-abiding than a prisoner. And it's like, no, you're not. You commit crimes all the time. You're just not in prison for them because you haven't been caught yet. This goes to show that we can have an awfully skewed perception of our strengths. This can be good when you're trying to surmount an obstacle. Otherwise, you might never apply for that job that's beyond your reach or sign up for that marathon that you're not ready for. But it can also make you underestimate your problems and keep you from fixing them when you need to. There's one caveat, however. The better than average effect appears to be cultural. A Canadian study found that when you control for other factors, people in East Asian cultures don't tend to rate themselves as better than other people. This may come down to the way Western society most values the individual, while Eastern society most values the collective community. Isn't that... Like, that's fascinating. Which, by the way... Shouts out to fucking Eastern society. That sounds rad. They most value the collective community. And we're out here like, uh, fuck everyone. Uh, <laughs> capitalism, entrepreneurship. I'm on my grind. I'm on my hustle. And everyone else fucking sucks. Meanwhile, Eastern society's like, um, yeah, everyone. Everyone and the collective community. We value all of you. <laughs> Just sounds like a better way of living. People think favorably of themselves and for good reason. Positive self-views promote harmonious personal relationships and successful goal striving. Those who feel good about themselves are less prone to negative moods and depression. The ways in which people strive to maintain favorable self-images are legion, including taking credit for positive outcomes and denying responsibility for negative ones, selectively recalling favorable information about themselves, exaggerating the ability of people who outperform them and who they outperform, searching selectively for information that confirms a positive self-image, evaluating others in a way that reflects favorably on one's own performance and affirming threatened aspects of self. Each of these behavior tendencies, either strategically or inadvertently, serves to promote favorable self-views. So, we're all psychopaths, basically. We're all insane. None of us can be trusted. <laughs> we are all self-serving, self-promoting, self-affirming pieces of shit. <laughs> like... The, that doesn't that sound like something a crazy person would do and we all do it we all do this exaggerating the the ability of people who outperform them and who they outperform so it's like oh well fucking jeff only won because he's got them goddamn long legs of his selectively recalling favorable information about ourselves i, I like that like forgetting forgetting info about ourselves that might not reflect us in a positive light but ah somehow we only remember the great shit about us <laughs> oh man it's fascinating the better than average effect tells us that most people evaluate themselves more favorably than others and this effect is not due solely to the weight they place on their own characteristics and comparative judgments their tendencies to focus on themselves as the judgment object 
or on the tendency to recruit favorable information about themselves. In fact, one can reasonably argue that both egocentrism and selective recruitment serve self-enhancement needs. In other words, thinking egocentrically about one's own positive qualities or selecting downward comparison targets may represent motivated propensities to reach favorable conclusions about one's standing relative to others. Thus, various findings suggest that the better-than-average effect is due, at least in part, to a desire to view oneself in a favorable light relative to one's peers. So the whole concept of the better-than-average effect is you want to see yourself as being way more rad. Each and every one of us trying to make ourselves seem more rad to us and the people around us, basically. I don't know, it's because a lot of this information is collected in studies. I wonder if, that, and, and generally um, when information is collected, say for things like this, it might be a survey or a series of questions or, you know, whatever, uh, or how people behave or it'll be the answers they give when, you know, they're asked questions or whatever. I wonder if there would be any impact on people's answers if the information they were giving was privy to their peers, if that makes sense. So I'm saying, hey, you know, I'm in a class of people and I'm sitting around saying, you know, I think I'm more intelligent than the average person in this class. I think I'm, you know, more charitable than them. I think I'm kinder than they are. Um, what have you. If I knew that information was going to be seen by those people, would that alter, I guess, the answers that people give or how they would see themselves? Or would they still think of themselves as being like, oh no, like I'm fucking rad as fuck, but you know, I'm going to like tone it down because I don't want to, I don't want to ruffle any feathers here because like, I know I'm rad as fuck. And it's like, but I still don't want to like piss off the people around me. Does that make sense? I wonder if that, if just people, the, the, the peers in which people are rating themselves better than, if they were privy to that information, would that uh, reflect or would that alter the answers that people give? Um, which would be interesting to see if that would be the case. But there, there, you know, there it is. That's going to do it for this episode. The better than average effect. We're all out here. We're all tiny psychopaths <laughs> living, living our own lives, thinking we're all better than everyone else. Uh, well, uh, except for, you know, all of um, Eastern society who's just like, yeah, you guys sort of tear each other to shreds. We're going to be over here like having everyone's back and being community focused. So enjoy that. <laughs> oh man. I, I, you know, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was, um, sort of in, in putting together some other shows, I discovered this better than average effect. And then it took me on a whole spiral into a, reading a bunch of different papers and, um, journals and, uh, and, and, uh, psychology blog posts and stuff and so I sort of just collated all that information um I thought it was fascinating I just think it's crazy that like I said we're, we're all just out here thinking that we're 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 better than people but 
like they said, it's not to denigrate others. It's just to represent ourself in a more favorable light to, well, it also says to our peers. So it, it, it is about seeing ourself in a better light, but also our peers seeing us in a better light. So it's all about just, you know, people trying to, trying to, trying to raise themselves up. It's all about perception. It's all about perception. Uh, fascinating. But again, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, you know, head over to the, to the socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at one weird podcast. Keep up to date with all the goings on. Massive thank you to uh, the the patrons, Shane, Sam, producer patron, Sam. Uh, I say it every week. I say it every episode, but you know, you guys, uh, it, it means the world to me that you would be, you know, kick, kicking some money my way and subscribing and supporting me and supporting the show. It means the world. And um, if you're not a patron, um, but you know, you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash my pixel persona. You can check out the tiers. There's, um, extra content. Uh, you can get your hands on extra content and episodes, uh, updates, early releases to episodes, depending on what tier you are. You can even get video versions of the podcast. Like this episode is in video. Um, but yeah, again, you know, if any of that sounds interesting to you, uh, or you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash my pixel persona, head over there, subscribe today. Um, and again, if you are a patron, there's a special RSS feed link that you'll find on the Patreon page, slap it into your podcast app of choice and you'll get the, the early episodes right into your podcast feed. But, um, you can find me at my pixel persona m-y-p-i-x-e-l-p-e-r-s-o-n-a on instagram and twitter and that's going to do it thank you so much for listening share the show with a friend that's you know word of mouth it's still how podcasts are, are doing it these days so share it with a friend share it with one friend a friend colleague family member anyone who you think might find the show interesting leave a five-star review wherever you get podcasts that's another way to help out the show um, or even, you know, retweeting posts, sharing posts and stuff like that when you see them come up. But yeah, that's going to do it. This has been episode 52. 52? Yeah, it's been a year. It's been over a year, but you know, I was shit in the beginning with the episodes, but it's been a year in episodes. Episode 52. Come back for episode 53. I'll see you next time. Love you. Peace.